Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Mamba Moments, a very special episode with Elisa Hernandez, Sportsnet Los Angeles field producer, former in arena host for the Los Angeles Lakers and host of the brand new Sportsish podcast, also on Believe Network. And uh, Elisa, how does it feel to be on here today to get to talk about Kobe? I know I'm excited because... This is the first time I've rocked some Kobe apparel and you are too. We love that background there. Tell us a little bit about that. So I'm very excited to be here because I always love to talk about Kobe and just what he's meant to the city of LA and to me and my career. And behind me is a photo that my dad actually got for me. So that has like wow. a special meaning because he's, you know, he's obviously a girl dad. So he got that for me when he was riding around LA and the street vendors are there and he just saw it and was like, uh, yeah, I'm going to get that for you. I'm going to actually put the camera up a little bit. So you have to see a little more. There it is. There you <laughs> so you can see more of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that Kobe is a really big part of my life, my household, my parents. I mean, it's my grandmother. I mean, literally everyone in this house has grown up watching Kobe and I, I'm so excited to be here talking about it. And of course I had to rock him and the late great Nipsey Hustle. I was part of the city of angels. Absolutely. No doubt. That was very cool when they both got their tributes at the Grammys. So something else, Elisa, that you did that is a wonderful tribute to Kobe was a project about all of the murals uh, around Los Angeles dedicated to Kobe Bryant. And I thought that was really amazing to watch, very heartfelt, showed his impact. And so since you were the one who who got to do it and interview everyone, (laughs) I wanted to know how that project came together. And if there's anything sort of newer that really stuck out to you about Kobe's impact from that project. So that project was really near and dear to my heart because it's something that I just did on my own. So, you know, I have all these different jobs, but that's something that just spoke to me as a fan. And I I was like, you know, I want to go tell this story. I want to use my talent to tell this story. And I'm, saw this mural go viral. It was the mur- the black and white mural of Kobe and Gasol and kind of like a warm embrace. And I looked up who drew it and it was this couple from San Diego, ground floor murals. And so I reached out to them and I said, hey, like I saw this mural is so amazing. You know, all the murals I've seen are of Kobe or of Kobe and Gianna or Kobe and his wife, Vanessa or Kobe and his family. But I thought it was really interesting that you guys showcase Kobe and Paul Gasol. And I want to talk to you guys about it. And so they blew up my mind because they opened up a whole different story to me, which I'm actually working on that story right now. And they said, well, that is just one of about 15 murals on that block. And I was like, what? I was like, what block? And they're, oh, it's in LA, it's on Hill. And I believe uh, towards Olive and Broadway. And they're like, you should, you should check it out. They're like, we're back in San Diego. We were only up there for three days. But if you're down to come down to San Diego, like we're down for this interview. And so I was like, okay, day trip. And so <laughs> I went down to San Diego to interview them. And that's where they told me that they were invited by an artist that's actually from Hawaii, that's here in LA painting, uh, Terrell Porter. And he got this project where he's basically beautifying this building with murals of Kobe Bryant's life. Wow. 
And so one side is his upbringing. So it has a lot of murals of him, his parents, his sisters, things like that. The other one is the other side is starting to begin with him and Vanessa, him and Le- um, him and LeBron, him and Jordan. And then it goes into more of his matchups with Iverson and Dwayne Wade and Shaq and kind of that. It tells a very beautiful story. And then towards the end, it's the photo of him and Paul Gasol, like towards the end of his career. And then they have a beautiful mural of Natalia Bryant in a USC sweater because she got accepted to USC. And then it has a gorgeous gorgeous image of Gianna Bryant and in her hair you see Kobe Bryant and finally on the last block you see AD LeBron and Kobe and then there's a I know I say beautiful and amazing but they they truly are uh there is one of Capri and Bianca and it's the image of when Bianca was walking around in Kobe's shoes holding his photo saying dada he painted that and then he has Capri kind of like the backside, like kind of looking at Bianca. And in Capri's mind is an image from Dear Basketball. The intricacy of these murals, and they're all airbrushed, is beyond anything that I could create in my own head. And so yeah. Terrell Porter, Ground Floor Murals, and many artists that have contributed to that block, I just, I had to tell their story. And so this specific story that I that is out right now, that's part one of two, is primarily telling that story of these two artists in San Diego and the fact that they're they're not even big they're not even Laker fans they were just Kobe fans and they remember they were actually I believe in the Philippines when they got the news that he passed away and they said that it was just like this darkened thing and especially in the Philippines like it was just like wait Kobe passed like what like what's going on and she had um Sina Daytona who is the female artist of of that tandem, she had said, like, if you would have told me, what, nine months ago that I would have been featured by Vanessa Bryant, like, I would have never believed you. You know, she's like, we did this to show our love and respect to Laker fans, to the Laker family, to the Bryant family. And for her to even notice it, like, she's like, that's one of the greatest accomplishments I could have ever had. And so that part one is really their story. And part two, I'm looking to tell the story of Terrell Porter and basically how that whole entire imagery came to life so stay tuned (laughs) wow yeah that's absolutely incredible uh for everyone you can check it out on elisa's instagram for sure that was where i found it it's quite recent Uh, also with the usc connection i'm currently at usc elisa herself is a trojan as well she graduated from there and so that's cool and then also we're both professional journalists uh who are (laughs) diehard kobe bryant fans sometimes they say you can't mix the two but here we are proving that it's okay so uh, anyways speaking uh, on that though obviously you were a huge kobe bryant fan growing up and taking you back a bit more you actually got to meet kobe bryant you got to cover him so i wanted to know what was the first time that you met kobe and any stories from that that stick out so the first time i met kobe i was it was actually part of a class uh, at usc we went to a laker game to really get the experience of being in you know a professional setting it was basically it was basically a field trip in college <laughs> and so uh we go to this laker game and it was like i believe my sophomore year of at usc and so this is before i'm making any connections before i'm really getting an internship or a job and so we go in and it's so funny because we're really a we're really like mini grown adults you know we're like 19 20 years old and we're like filing in like little kids and we're sitting in the back and <laughs> yeah. 
and uh you know our professor was like hey like I just want you guys to know like my class is here and um I just want everyone to kind of see and so we were kind of like hi you know and so he kind of he would know everyone walked in we're in the press room and so he walked in and he sat down and our, you know, our professors and Arash Mukazi was there because he's always there, was asking questions and Serena Winters and all these reporters that I, I, I saw for the first time, really. And I'm just watching him answer them. I'm watching his demeanor. I believe they had won that game. And he's just talking about his mindset and, and the next game and, and the the playoffs. And, and I'm just staring at him like, wow, like you, you're in front of me. Like, well, I'm, I'm not at home on my TV. And so... I had already had a love for journalism and, and things like that. And I remember our professor asked like, you know, do you, does, do any of you guys want to ask a question? And all of us like, we're so nervous. <laughs> and I raised my hand and I, honestly, I couldn't even tell you what I asked them. I, I have a video of it. It's, um, it's on my Facebook. I actually just came up on my memories not that long ago. Um, but I, I, I could not remember what I asked him, but he answered. And then I was kind of just like, thank you, Mr. Bryant. <laughs> Like, you know, because for me, as a kid growing up, as a kid from an immigrant family, as a kid that, you know, is coming up not necessarily on the richest side of, of life, the last thing I thought I was going to be doing was sitting five feet in front of Kobe Bryant asking him a question. And so it's funny because I always tell that, that story first, because realistically, it was one of those like, whoa, like this could be my life kind of moments. And I know that once you go into this field, you can't feel that way anymore. And so I was in a safe space to like fan out. I was in a safe space to kind of be like, oh my God, just go right. Because once I'm really in it, you can't do that anymore. You know, you, that, that, that's, that has to take a super duper backseat. And so it was one of those things that when he left, like all of our friends like, oh my gosh, we met Kobe, we talked to Kobe. And we're like all really excited. And at that moment, I realized how big of a persona he was. Like, I always saw him as an icon. I always saw him as a, you know, someone bigger than life. But it's something about when Kobe walked into a room that you just sat up straight. You know, he just demanded that respect from you. He demanded that excellence from you in terms of everything you did in life. And so when I was covering the Lakers, I always made sure, like, if I ever saw him, I'd be like, you know, hey, Kobe, oh, hey. And you just keep walking, you know, I wouldn't, or I could tell if he was in a mood or, you know, headphones on or whatever, I would make sure I would like, okay, let's leave him alone today. Or let's say I had him today or, or whatever. And wow. so he was one of those guys that I just respected very much. And he was someone that I respected even more because he treated every reporter the same, you know, in, in, in terms of like, he didn't treat the women reporters differently. He didn't treat the men, you know, your media, I'm talking to you right now. You catch me on when I'm walking out. Okay. I would see Jay Adande going to talk to him. He was my professor at USC, actually. Wow. I would see Arash, you know, create those relationships with him. And part of me wished that I was older because I was just like, man, I, I want to I wanna be in that role that I can have that relationship with you. But people always ask me, you know, who's the greatest player I ever played? And I say, Michael. And then I say, but the greatest player that I ever saw play was Kobe. Kobe. Because that's just, it's just the truth. Yes, I can acknowledge that Michael Jordan is the greatest player, basketball player of all time. But I didn't grow up in that era. That was my brother's era. But I'm also a basketball IQ enough to know, like, yeah, I'm not going to, Michael Jordan is the GOAT, <laughs> you know? And so, uh, but Kobe is my GOAT. Kobe is my everything. Kobe was my, like, Michael Jordan. And when I was able to kind of cover his career and go to his games, like, and mix the two because I could, um, 
the only part of me wished that I was older because I was like, man, I wish that I could be there every day and watch your work and have you really know me like the way you knew on a Rosh McCarzy or the way you knew like a Jay Adande or a Shelly Smith and things like that. Cause those relationships take time. And, but for me, I, I love my experience in terms of being that hybrid fan professional because I have, I don't know if you saw my Instagram, but I saw, I have a picture of us in a media scrum at his media day. And it's literally just my little face with my little camcorder. And I'm just like recording him. And there's like Lisa Leslie's behind me. I have Jim Hill next to me. I have all these heavy hitters around me. And there's my little face, you know, my little college face, like holding up my mic, talking to Kobe Bryant and memories like that moments like that, you know, it just, it's part of the beauty that the beauty that is this journey in this crazy world that we call job and it's just one of those things that I will always carry with me and I will gladly talk about whenever I get the chance that's awesome though thank you so much for sharing uh those are just amazing stories about (laughs) about meeting him about covering him and yeah exactly the fact that we're we're technically both working in a way right now uh very lucky to be doing that that's awesome and so something else I wanted to ask you you know obviously you got to cover Kobe as a journalist you got to be a fan uh we were actually we didn't know until now but (laughs) in the building at the same time for Kobe Bryant's grand 60 point finale and so I I wanted to ask you, you know, for you, what it was like being there, that energy and to get to see uh, someone you grew up with who meant so much to you, uh, seeing your favorite player ball out like that in his last game. So I will be honest. I remember every single process of how that game happened in terms of from when I bought the tickets to when I, when I left. And so what happened was I was at NFL network and it was like five in the morning and I'm editing. And so the day is going by and I see a thing pop up from players tribune and I see it's by Kobe Bryant. So I'm like, okay, let me read it. And I'm reading it. And I'm like, yo, I think he's retiring. Like, Oh my gosh. I November think 29th. It. I think, I think that, I think this is the moment and I'm looking around and I was like, first thing that popped in my head, I was like, go buy tickets to the last game. Because if I know Kobe Bryant, he's playing in that last game. There's nothing that's going to stop him from playing in that last game versus Utah. Nothing. Unless he's physically incapable of doing it. He's going to give his fans that last game. He's not going to, you know, not play. And so I went on, I bought two tickets and I'm broke at the time. So I think, I think my two tickets came out to a total of like, I don't know maybe like $400, I want to say for both tickets. And I'm thinking like, oh my God, I'm so poor. Like, (laughs) so, um, and so I ended up selling one of them actually to this guy who we're now we're friends because of the relationship that we had. And he's probably like, girl, you oversold me on that ticket. And I know, I'm sorry if you listen to this, I really did. And I apologize, but (laughs) um, we went to the game and the whole thing was just like a celebration of 20 years. And we walked in and they had a, you know, they had a basically like a carnival style celebration. It was, it was like banners. Kobe land. Yeah. Like it Disneyland was land for Kobe. Perfect. It was, it was literally Kobe land. There was yeah. mural. There was like, you know, all these banners saying, thank you, Kobe. There was a Ferris wheel. There was, you know, yeah. a big, Kobe guy like the from the playable Kobe's yeah, yeah. climbing Kobe's. wall championship yeah. trophies championship trophies Laker girls flowers but look it was in everywhere insane Kobe highlights crazy and 
when I, you know, my family, my, my brothers and sisters went, went there and they were hanging out with me and I'm looking like, ha, I get to go inside, you know, <laughs> like I get to go to the game and, you know, I, everything about it was just perfect. And so I get there, I get to my seats. I had great seats. They were all the way in the 300 section, but they were center court. So I had a perfect view and, you know, I, I made sure I got my, you know, my shirt that was sitting on the chairs. I made sure I grabbed it early because, you know, people come in, they're just like, and that's mine now. So yeah. I went in, I grabbed my shirt. I sat down. I'm just like, I am not moving from this spot. And I actually have um, what they gave us. You probably have one too. I sure do. Absolutely. Yes, Holographic coat. Wow. Yeah. Is it, that's a, yeah. It's a few feet away from me. Yeah. I take it with me uh, to every place yeah. I live. The holographic Kobe exactly. in the center, the 824. Yeah, there you there go. That's is. the holographic. There. Yeah. If you move it around, there you go. Yeah, there you go. 824. <laughs> oh man, this is amazing. Wow. Yeah, Absolutely. So, yeah. You got, you got Alan Iverson. You got every, all the yeah. main players from all the eras Kobe yeah. played against. You got his whole life history in there. Uh, One of my most prized possessions. I still have the lanyard yeah. too. I'm sure you yeah, do as well. <laughs> and I kept a piece of the black 24 confetti. Oh, I put it in the lanyard when they had the 24 awesome. on the purple basketball. That's awesome. uh, One of the most special inspiring nights of my life, you know, quick yes. story. I actually did a story on the five-year anniversary of the game at USC. I just finished my business degree in Winnipeg, Manitoba there in uh, the day before I flew out to the game. And I met my friend that night, which you can relate to. Of course, you bond with the person you sit beside in an event yeah. like that. We're still buddies today, Roger Liao. He went to USC. But oh, so being nice. from Canada, I'd never really heard much about USC. And uh, five years later, I'm, I'm covering the game for USC. So very full circle. And uh, again, very inspired by your journey as well. But yeah, I mean, that moment right there, that was completely organic and really shows yeah. the impact of, of that game for sure. It was special. Yeah. One of the best nights. And of course, the game winner at the end. I oh mean, come gosh. on. I was, on. you know, to me, I he gave the six-year-old girl everything that... Yeah she watched as a kid, you know, she watched him shoot. She watched him get a game winner fadeaways. His first points in the league were free throws. His last points in the league were yeah. free throws. I mean, it's just so many things about that. I remember I'm looking at where I'm looking. I'm like, we're down. I was like, we're going to win. Like, we got to win. Like this is Kobe's last game. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he's going to do something amazing. It and was like a movie at that point. It, it really was, was a movie. It was yeah. a movie. And you know, what's interesting is that, um, I got up, I got the opportunity to like, either like, Hey, do you want to cover the game? And I was like, no, I just want to go to it. I was like, I'm good. I'm taking the night off. And people, the people that know me, they know I don't take days off. And I, I was like, I want to enjoy this moment. I want to scream. I want to say, go Lakers. I want to say, go Kobe. I want to say Mamba. I want to, I want to be a fan. And, you know, it's hard to do that, you know, in this industry, because you have to be very objective, you have to be very partial. But I owed it to the six-year-old girl in me that made me who the woman that I am. I was like, I owe this to you. And so I, you know, I went to the game and like you said, it was so electric, the tributes all night at the end when he comes out, you know, he says that it was a beautiful journey. He sat for it to come to an end. He loves us. Like we're, it, it gives yeah. me chills oh, now just speech. talking about it. Mamba <laughs> out speech. Cause like yeah. for him to make that speech to He's all not, of he us. He wasn't that guy too. He was never that guy for yeah. We just knew he loved us, but he's that like for us, he's that kind of guy where like, even if he does something wrong, it's like, 
want to get something to eat like you know, he's not gonna tell us he's sorry uh but that night when he spoke to all the fans I had never seen Kobe that way and one of the things that I did notice about the last game that he had is that when he went to go talk to the press he still wore his Lakers jersey yeah and he no he never did that he always changed he never went in his you know uniform to yeah. go talk to the media and I remember Jay Adonde asked him like you never do this. Like, is it hard to take it off? And he was just like, yeah. Like now that it's done, it's behind me. It's like, it's the last time I'm going to be wearing this in this kind of setting. So, and I think it hit him the same time it hit us in terms of like, this is over. It was 20 years, five titles, you know, MVP, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's so many memories that you, you give to kids growing up and even the generation now that's playing, he will always be ingrained in it in some way. Absolutely. No, that's a phenomenal answer. And uh, wow, that took a different turn than I expected. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy that maybe I've only talked to people on this show who have covered the game. So to talk to someone again, who's, who is a journalist, but yeah. who was there as a fan and, and I hadn't even really dabbled in sports journalism yet then uh, is really, really amazing. So I got about two questions left here. Uh, the First one I wanted to ask you of those two relates to the last time you met Kobe, uh, 2019. You went to his book premiere for Legacy and the Queen. So I wanted to hear a little bit about how that came together and uh, just what that experience was like. So I saw on Twitter that he was having a book signing in Newport Beach at Barnes and Noble. And you know, I, I was like, oh, the tickets are probably like a hundred bucks. And I look and the tickets were like $15. And I was like, what? So you can only buy one at a time. And so I bought one like on instinct. And then I was like, oh, like me. And in my head, I was like, I'm thinking like a professional, like, oh, maybe I'll just wait till he does the publicity tour and I'll go as a reporter. Like that's how, that's how my, my wheels were turning. Like, let me just wait and I'll go. And I told my sister, like, oh, I'll probably give this ticket to dad or I'll give it to you. And she's like, dude, Newport's far. Like, but you should go. And I was like, no, like, it's cool. Like, I'll just go when he announces it. And he does like a more like a book tour kind of thing and report. Like, that's when I'll go cover this. And she's like, no, you need to go to this. And I'm just like, no. And she's like, you need to go. She's like, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life if you don't go. And I was like, I was like, Newport's kind of far. And she's like, well, you need to go. She's like, if there's anyone that knows Kobe, like loves Kobe, like it's you and you need to go to this. And I was like, okay, fine. So I went and it was the same battle, you know, cause at this point it's 29, three years ago. I'm very much in the industry. I'm very much seen as a professional. And so in my head, I'm like, oh, I don't want to see it. I was like, but then I was like, you know what, whatever. I was like, <laughs> that was like, I, I, I am a Kobe fan. Like, I'm sorry, I am. And so yeah. I need, you know, I need to go, I need to go do this. And so I went and I paid my ticket. I waited in line and I'm just you know, talking to people. And then after a while he walks in and everybody was like clapping and Kobe, Kobe. And uh, Vanessa walks in with their daughters, uh, Capri and Bianca. And we're just kind of waiting in line. And so it's funny. It's like show and tell now because I have the book here. Amazing. So this, this is the book. Um, and, you know, it's a signed copy of Kobe Bryant's book. It's wow. Cool. Oh, that yeah. is so cool. And I've yeah. read uh, I've read the Wizard <laughs> series and Geese Are Never Swans. And yeah, the guy yeah. is just a phenomenal storyteller. Yeah. Like I have these. These are the two books that I yes. have. And so I haven't read this one yet, but 
you know, I, I it's funny. I didn't know it was a signed copy. I thought we we're just going to get a book. And then, you know, he signed it. And so I have this copy and it's, it's so interesting how the world works because I would have never done that. Realistically, I would have never done that. I would have just been like, oh, it's okay. Like I'll, I'll see him next time because that's how you saw Kobe. You yeah. saw him as a larger than life person. You saw him as a kind of icon and legend that we're going to have, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, like forever, you know, that's what have... it felt like because of his indestructibility when he was yeah, playing, popping ex- his finger back in with Gary Beatty yeah. and scoring right away. Like <laughs> there was, Keely. there was no one more indestructible. There was no than Kobe, one. Exactly. And I think what for us in LA, I want you to know, since you're coming here, we're very spoiled with our legends. We are. Yeah. Tommy Lasorda just passed away. God bless his soul. After seeing the Dodgers win another World Series, you know, he passed away, but he was around for a very long time. Yeah. Don Sutton, Sandy Koufax is still around. Um, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Magic, yeah. you know, Jerry West. I mean, these yeah. iconic Bill Russell. I mean, all these guys. Kobe was that level of guy. And so you assume that he was going to be around forever. Yeah. And it was just so weird how it all played out because something just told me like, you just go, just go. And so the picture I have with him, I'm literally wearing uh, his first championship, 1996. He's on my shirt. And my caption is like Kobe doing work two for on my shirt. <laughs> yes. You know, and it's just like Lil Wayne, Kobe Bryant. Yeah. In my, in my head, I'm just like, I would normally never do this. You know, like I, I cover the Dodgers now and, I would never go to work, you know, rocking a Kershaw shirt, you know, or I just, I wouldn't do that. Like I have Kershaw shirts. I have, you know, Theo Albert uh, for my friends at Roto where they send me a couple of things, but I'm not going to show the play. Like, it's just, it's a different kind of dynamic. Yeah. But this time around, I was like, you know what, let me go to this. And so I went and I talked to him and I told him, you know, what he meant to my family and the Latino community and the Salvadorian community, because my family being from El Salvador loved him. They wa- they loved watching him. They loved that the last couple of years, his games were in Spanish because they were able to enjoy him in a new way and really understand the game of basketball because it was being told to them in Spanish. And, you know, he thanked me and I made sure I, I didn't even tell him I worked for the Lakers. I didn't even tell him that I covered him before. I didn't even tell him that because I was like, no, I was like this moment for the, my, the six-year-old me that rooted for you, that flipped over the table when you would, you know, when people <laughs> would foul you and, and would be all aggressive, wanted to play basketball and, and thought she was going to be six, three, like that, this moment is for that girl right there because she made me into the woman that I am today. And I, I owe her this. I owe her two things. My, my debt is paid to her, okay? <laughs> I owed her his last game and I owed her this moment of actually meeting him as a fan where she could fan out and tell him, you know, what she's meant, what he's meant to her life and, and things like that. And so uh, it's one of those moments that now that he's passed on, it's one of those things that I look back on and my sister was right. I would have regretted it for the rest of my life had I not gone to that book signing in Newport. And it's just one of those things that I treasure. It's one of those things that I'll probably give that book to my kids one day. It's just, it's one of those mementos that that's the kind of person that Kobe was to me growing up. And every time I get to talk about him, like I'm more than happy. So when you approached me, I was like, yeah, let's do it. When? That's beautiful. No, and thank you so much. I mean, uh, before I get to this has definitely been one of my favorite interviews because we definitely are <laughs> able to share that same passion for Kobe. And and yeah, it was, you know, for me, I think uh, the 
all-star game with Michael Jordan was on my fifth birthday. And even though I knew Kobe before then, February 8th, 1998, that was a day where it was like the two guys going up against each other, Kobe flying through the air, these creative moves. And, and I really, that's a wonderful, beautiful way to put it. I think, you know, I took my five-year-old self there and I had to do it because like I'd grow up, you know, my 13-year-old. I mean, Kobe's with you for everything. You know, you have those moments that, that Kobe is forever attached to. And, you know, it's really beautiful that uh, for you to share that Kobe was such an important part of your life because I can definitely relate. And so with that, I want to ask you the final question here, which is what is the main lesson that you will take through life from Kobe Bryant? So many, but it's a quote that he said where he kind of just kind of looked and was like, if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. And being a woman in sports, being a minority woman in sports, being a darker tone Latina in sports, I mean, I don't have connections in the industry, you know, like my family is in medical and, you know, some legal work and self entrepreneurship, no one's in the sports industry, it's just me. And so I went into this by myself, truly. And I had to take that lesson of look, look at Kobe like um I was that kid that airballed three times in the playoffs and we lost that was me and I'm leaving this game where you can retire both of my numbers and both of those players would be hall of famers you know and so it's that not how you start not how you finish kind of mentality as well as the mamba mentality and just knowing like you are your worst competition but you need to use that as your strength. You need to use that as something that's going to motivate you because if you don't do it, no one's going to do it for you. No one's going to get up for you. No one's going to study for you. No one's going to, you know, practice enunciations for you. No one's going to do anything but you. And when you get those opportunities, if you're not ready, that's not on them. That's on you. Everything is on you. And I think the no excuses kind of way of being that he was made me a stronger person, gave me thicker skin going into this industry because you hear a lot of no's. You hear a lot of no's. You hear a lot of you're not going to make it. You hear a lot of you don't got it. You hear a lot of you're not the look we're looking for. You hear a lot of that. And I have to believe that I am worthy of being on television. I am worthy of having my own show, Sportsish. I am worthy of being in these opportunities that allow me to grow and so the, the wonderful thing about this industry that we've learned especially on this podcast is how small it is and the fact that you run into people that you know over and over and over again and I believe that I was going to be one of those people and now that I'm getting the opportunities that I'm getting people tell me like yeah you've always said it since you were in college since you were in high school that you were going to be where you are right now and that you're going to be where you're going to be in 10 years five years and so I try my best to internalize that use it and just you know try my hardest to have my own mentality mixed in with the mama mentality <laughs> that is just incredible uh, i feel like i could run through a brick wall after hearing that <laughs> what a motivating inspiring story in Thank true you. kobe bryant fashion uh really appreciate you sharing that elisa you know your journey is really just one that can inspire all of us we can all learn from and especially myself being from usc i personally find it very inspiring as well so thank you for sharing all of that and uh, Alisa, where can we find you now? 
Well, you can find me on Twitter at eHernandezTV. You'll know it's me because my cover is Kobe Bryant. <laughs> a photo that John Suhu took. And you can find me on Instagram at Hernandez underscore LA. And my new show, Sportsish, on the Believe Network drops every Tuesday. And we have wonderful guests come on to talk about a variety of different things. So you can always catch me on there. And before I go, I have to show these off. Like I know the podcast listeners are going to be a little jealous, but I'm going to drag them to watch the video version because... When Kobe passed on, my cousin, uh, she has her own company where she creates artistic things. She actually customized some wow. Air Forces for me. So I have the 24 on this side. And then I have the eight with the wings that is so on this fresh. side. And then the other side has Gigi's number Wow. with the wings. And then I have on the right shoe on the inside, I have a heart. And I have a star for each person that was lost on the helicopter crash on January 26, 2020. And the middle is the star for Kobe Bryant. And so I wanted to make sure that I honored them as well as Gigi, as well as Kobe, because, you know, it's just it's just part of who I am. And I will rock those when I'm at Dodger Stadium and people will ask me about them. And I wear my face mask that has Kobe Bryant's number on it. I mean, I'm not shy about it. People know I'm a Kobe fan, even like the people that love me best. They always say like, oh, my gosh, like you love Kobe so much. And when he passed away, I was getting so many texts from people asking yeah. if I was okay. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking like, I'm not, but you know, they're like, literally everyone was like, we know how much Kobe meant to you. Like, we yeah. know how much you love Kobe. We know, like, if I was like his direct family member, that's how they were reaching out to me. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, and it's one of those things that I, I guess I never realized how much I showed my fandom for him. Um, but I'm really happy that people notice that about me because he is part of who I am. He is part of how I approach my career, how I approach life, how I approach my mentality in general. And so you will see it when you, you follow me on Instagram at Hernandez underscore LA and on Twitter at eHernandezTV. <laughs> um, because I mean, I just, I try to be true to myself. You have to be authentic. And I'm really, really honest. And people that know me love it. And some people don't love it, but they know that they're always going to get the truth from me, whether you like it or not. And I'm not going to be disrespectful, but I'm always trying to make the people around me better. And if that means showing the side of you that you need to work on, that's what I'm going to do. And so it's definitely one of those things that I love to talk about. I love the podcast Mamba Moments. I am happy that you. You, you brought me on and I love following your work and I'm so happy you're with Lakers Nation. It's so funny. And like, it's just like, wow, like we're literally just kind of revolving around this industry. And so thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate all the listeners. I hope that you guys follow me and we continue having this amazing journey in this sports industry world. Oh, 100%. No, uh, everything you had to say was amazing. Thank you so much. You know, I, I can really relate as well, particularly not even something I've talked about on here, but but the day the day Kobe passed was really like, I had probably 50 people reach out and it was like, are you okay? I'm thinking of you right now. And it was people from, for me, like so many from Los Angeles, mm -hmm. from my travels around Europe and the world, you know, I, yeah. I talked about Kobe and, and I think both of us, you know, and, and what I learned from you as well is like, we had this impact because it, it is that mentality. It's the way he approaches it. Uh, that is such a big part of us and who we are. And just mm -hmm. want to mention, uh, I forgot to mention at the beginning, but 
all the proceeds that I personally make from this podcast actually go towards the Mamba and Mamba Cita Sports Foundation. So That's if everyone amazing. can share, like, subscribe, download, all that good stuff. Uh, trying amazing. to raise funds there. Thank you. And with that said, Alisa, amazing interview. One of the best ever. Mamba out. Mamba forever. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.